We take a single episode of a science fiction TV series and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. This is the Fusion Patrol Podcast. Welcome to the discussion. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. And I'm Ben. And tonight we're looking at the Series 2 premiere of Space 1999. The moon approaches the planet Sycon in search of essential minerals. The world appears dead, but the Survey Eagle is captured by a mysterious light. Mentor, an alien from the planet, contacts the Alphans to tell them that their pilots are alright and they can pick them up. Koenig, suspicious, arranges a space rendezvous. But it's a trap, and they are taken to the planet. They meet Maya, Mentor's daughter. Maya has the ability to transform into any creature. She is unaware of the evil that lurks in Mentor's heart. Mentor is sucking the brains dry of living beings to power his computer. Can Koenig save Alpha and convince Maya that her father is an up-to-no-goodnik? You'll have to watch the episode and find out. Just listen to us discuss it. So, Ben, uh, Series 2, Space 1999. Notice anything different? Uh, Yeah, a lot. Where do we begin? (laughs) How about with the opening credits? Okay, sure. Do we want to talk about the episode and then talk about the differences? Or do we want to talk about the difference and then talk about the episode? I don't know. Uh, Oh, God. Um, All right, let's let's just talk about the episode itself. Let's talk about the episode. Um, Well, uh, it, it was linear. In story, um, <laughs> you are you are damning it with faint praise. There, I, I this was linear. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was it was a linear story. I mean, I mean, you look back at past. You know, unfortunately now I got to make a comparison. Uh, I mean, you look at uh, season one. I mean, they sometimes the stories were had a very you know a beginning, middle, and end kind of thing. But a lot of the times they were just very abstract. Um, and mm-hmm. you know, part pardon the pun, but they were nebulous. But this this was anything but. I mean, this this was a very it beginning, middle, and end kind of story. Bit of a so, formula, formulaic action adventure story. Yeah, yeah, kind kind of action adventure ish. Um, I I, re, I, I th- there are some really weird things to pick on in terms of uh, some story ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, namely, I'm I'm a little kind of and I, this is the first time i noticed this um i i think this may be the third or fourth time ever that i've seen this episode okay and i'm just now for the first time watching it uh, i made this connection uh there, at least there was there seemed to be an implied connection between mentor's computer uh or the you know, whole thing was called psyche that mm-hmm. allowed him to transform matter and the manner in which he was able to teach Maya the same thing, that she could shapeshift into any animal or object as long, I guess, as long as it was organic. Okay, I can kind of see that. I can kind of see that. I just, I, I, I see where you might be going there that with Psyche gone, um, is, does Maya, did Maya lose this, which obviously... She doesn't. She doesn't. We think we can safely say she doesn't because in the opening credits, which we're not talking about, they show her that she can still do that. Oh, obviously. Um, I mean, that's uh, that's just, the gimmick. I kind of assumed that this was 
uh, a potentially emergent property of the Saigons, that it's something that they could master, and that it is something that he built into Psyche, which is why it's sort of a brain computer. So in other words, he's taking an ability that they themselves have to themselves, like Maya, and building a, a computer analog for the purposes of transforming the planet. Okay, I, I can see that. I mean, that. that's, you know, it, it's really not explicitly uh, explained. There's just a little bit of, every once in a while, they talk about, oh, molecular transformation. The guards in their 70s sci-fi gay porn costumes. <laughs> um, and who are obviously just stones. Um, and the... Psycon's ability to transform things and turn apparently turn rocks on Alpha into bombs and um, things like that. Well, that was worth it. Yeah, it, yeah. It obviously it had more ability because you know, and I'm obviously I'm going into spoiler territory. Uh, we I, I know that later on in the series, M Maya confesses that so long as it's organic. It's something she can turn into. She she can't turn into something that's inorganic, although she's going to violate that law, you know, a, a dozen times. And yeah, here we see Psyche actually transforming rock into ships, you know, and other inorganic materials. So, okay, so yeah, science out the window. Not to mention the fact that I love how science, uh, how Maya was actually able to change into different um, different sizes of mass. Yes. <laughs> and and all earth animals too. Well, that one kind of is like, okay, I like how you know what all the earth animals are. That that's kind of anything. I remember years ago, um Well, except for that earth or that non-earth uh ape-like creature cuz I'm sure that's not what a gorilla really looks like. Right. Yeah. Um and and, and I know that's going to get weirder. Uh, but you know, I remember talking to a, my best friend uh, in, in uh, junior high when we were watching this together, and I, I and I even posed the question. I said, "Well, how is it that she's able to? I mean, you know, what what was to say that she transforms herself into an elephant? But because of the mere size of the thing, her molecules just kind of disperse. You know, in in that like respect, yeah, you know, it's very ethereal." Or, you know, or, or she's going to take on the Ant-Man thing and, you know, it's like we see her turn into a pigeon. She's going to be the world's heaviest pigeon. Which shouldn't be able to fly. Exactly. And I think. He, he actually came up with a really far out idea. And, and to, to be perfectly honest, my, uh, my friend has, has a really good grasp on science. Um, he, theori he theorized that uh, maybe she actually is able to, as she transforms herself into energy, she's able to like, you know. Dis, you know, detach parts of herself or take on other parts. You know, I mean, it was just a really super scientific idea, which was like, okay, I think I need to smoke some pot losing, in order to get it. Losing mass, basically. Losing mass or, or, or acquire new mass. Like the transporter. Yeah. Or basically. the replicators. She's yeah. a replicator. She's she, a human she's, replicator. She's a humanoid replicator. To be fair, humanoid. Yes. Um, yeah, this is, this is a very... Um, straightforward story but but there's a couple things that that i want to point out um what is with the whole subplot of fraser's wife oh dear yeah um i really found that to be um yeah i remember when i saw you know again the first few times i saw it it didn't bother me but this time when i watched it it bothered me a lot it just felt so well i hate to use the word unprofessional but it was unprofessional 
You mean like her passing out when her Well, her having a cow when uh, Tony orders uh, Directive 4 to be implemented. Yeah. I mean, she, she completely wigs out on him. And so I, I, I just kept thinking, this is, by now, I would have thought that, I mean, because uh, I remember um, Helena is apparently, I guess she's doing the opening narration now in, in her medical log. <laughs> yeah. Uh, apparently, it's not quite a year yet. Yes. That it's, is kind of weird, isn't it's it? It's like only some 320, 320 300, about between 320. 300, I've got it. It's uh, 342. Yeah, okay. I knew it was between, around 320 or 340 days, 340 days, somewhere in that neighborhood, but just under a year. And we hear that they hit their next space warp. They've jumped six light years, etc. So obviously Space God is still guiding their path. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Um, I'm sure that we've had episodes, um, in fact, in Space Warp, um, they were 1,800 days out from Earth orbit. Wow. Inconsistency. Yeah, so... Yeah, it's a um, yeah, yeah. They're, they're and we we had other episodes where I think they were in the four to six hundred ranges in the first. Well, I series, seem to so. remember that too, uh, yeah. and I, and when, that's why I was I'm not really finding the right web page. No, here but you're but up, you're but. right. I remember hearing it too, and I remember thinking, oh, wait a minute, three hundred and forty-two days. It's not even been a year yet. That didn't sound right to me. But you've you've verified it. I mean, you've conf- well, I mean, yeah, you've confirmed my my thoughts on that as well. I thought that was a little suspicious, but it is stated in Dragon's Domain it has been eight hundred and seventy seven days since Moon left her orbit. Right. Orbit. So there's one. That one's a confirmed kill of this story. Uh- <laughs> Alternate reality. It would seem like. There might be some. Well, it might explain some. It might explain some, some other of the, anomalies. Well, it would explain some of the differences that we will uh, address at some point. Yeah. You know, but the problem here here's the thing that's really killing me. Um, as, I mean, aside from just a few points in this story, there's really not much to talk about. No, there isn't. No, there isn't. Um, I mean, it's it's not a very uh, discussion heavy story. I mean, when I, I mean, yeah, I made the crack about it being very linear, and that's probably the nicest thing I can say about it. Yeah, to be perfectly they encounter, honest, they encounter um, bad people. Bad people want to take the Alphans, and uh, Koenig has to. Oh, well, we do have this. I mean, Koenig pulls another one of his patented. I'm going to pretend to be the wuss that lets go of everything. Oh yeah. Uh, so to save Helena, and everyone's going to think I've betrayed them once again, and they're going to get all upset at me, and then we're going to save the day because I really was sneaky, I, overused, and honestly, have they not figured him out yet? Oh, I know. I mean, every, every single time. I know. I, I kept thinking, I mean, well, Helena, he even Helena kind of, well, but she kept thinking he was coerced. Uh, she did. They must have done something to his brain or something. But then Alan completely, you know, hey, hey, welcome back, Angry Aussie. Two stuns in one episode, yeah. too. I mean, good. I, but I, I think what we can tell is maybe maybe they should get a clue on this, but when you get a, a little small piece of the... Uh, Martin Landau 
trademark Oscar-winning acting <laughs> sequence, you know that's when he's faking. Because those are the only times he really kind of gets to act, is when he's going, you might want to end up act like those people, but I don't want to be like them. You know, that he gets into that mode when he's demonstrating to the world that that's why he's being a wuss. And you know he's faking it at that point. Mm, it's like the boy. best acting he does, and, and it's a lie. Time. It's and all it's, a lie. It's always the lie, yeah. Oh, how depressing. This so, um, so, yeah, yes. again, th- there's really not much to talk about in terms of the story. I mean, I think really it was mostly a vehicle just to introduce Maya. Because, yes. they, you know, and again, you know, we'll talk about, and you already hinted at it, the opening credits, she's there. So, right. so we know as the viewer, oh, this is our new character. Yes. Yes, and especially since hey, well, I'm okay. I don't. I, I, I'm not going to go there yet. I'm not going to go there yet. <laughs> but we we already understand now. This this is my she's she's the new regular in this, and that's all we've got. I mean, okay, we got Brian Blessed who only gets to yell just a tiny bit at the end. I know, and you he think was he really he was really subdued. down. Oh, very subdued. Especially and he didn't since transform into anything either, and he could have like turned himself into his own gorilla and escaped from the. Stuff. Yeah, this is the second time he this this is uh, the second time he's been to the show, isn't it? I know yes, Ka- this he is second because um, we saw him last year. Uh, he played Death's like other, some, uh, yeah, he, he Death Dominion. of Domain or something like that. An Ultima Thule. Yeah, he was yeah the the wacky scientist, uh, and then of course this is Catherine Shell's return. Yes, she was in um, Guardian of Piri mm-hmm. as the Guardian of Piri. Right. Um, I got to say, she looks a lot better in this outfit, and that's not because of the funny eyebrows. But just, um, she looked kind of, I don't know, generically 70s plain in uh, in Guardian of Piri. Yeah. But, um, so they kind of glammed her up a bit. Well, that's okay. I mean, I don't mind. I mean, back in that time when she was in her prime, and that's a very mean thing for me to say. I understand that. But well, at, considering you know, how many years it is uh, since then. I know. Um, she is quite stunning. I've always found Catherine Shell to be quite the lovely looking lady. So it's you know, she's she's pleasing to the eye. And she's she's gonna be an interesting character, I'm 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 guessing of course I, I know whether she is or not. <laughs> well, but yeah. but again, uh like I said, this episode really was all about just introducing her. Yeah. <clears throat> So there's not much else to go with. I mean, it's... And she is, by the way, let's make sure if it's just clear to the listener, she is completely and utterly clueless as to what her father is doing. Oh, yeah. He's been duping her all along, and when she finds out, she sides with the elephants and helps them escape, which ultimately leads to her father's and her planet's destruction. Mm -hmm. So she is stranded on Moonbase Alpha. But remember... We're all aliens. We're all aliens until we get get to know know each each other. I know. Nudge, nudge, wink, 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 say no, no more. more. <clears throat> um. <laughs> so is that in the biblical sense? Mm, let's ask Tony when we yeah, get a chance. Yeah, ask Tony when we get down the road. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. um, all right, so let's... Um, so again, uh, okay, so we've talked, talk. about, we've talked about the substance of the episode. Now let's and talk I, about the leave, icing. Let's, let's leave Fred Freiberger off the table until, let's say, next time, next episode. Okay. Because I think we got enough to talk about with the new moon base and new credits and all that stuff. I think we don't have to go bashing on Mr. Freiberger just yet. Not quite. Not quite yet. 
We can um, wait a little bit on that. What, okay, so if we're going to start talking about just the uh, the uh, the cosmetics of the show, and we're not talking Barbara Bain's face. Uh, I, see what I just did there? You did. You did. Well, okay. Well, let's talk about Barbara Bain's face. Is it more animated? Uh, no, it is very airbrushed. It is very heavily and pan and pancaked. Yeah. Very, but she is not being shot through the, the soft filter, as far as I can tell. It was a different kind of lighting whenever they did a close-up of her face. And I think yeah. they, and, and they, re, they did her hair differently, and they also did her eyes. The, the makeup on her eyes is a little bit differently, different, too, in order to, I think, distract us. <laughs> Don't look here. Look here. Yes, exactly. So uh, when she's, like, uh, in the, 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 the mind-sucking chair, and she's, like, making, you know, terrible faces we we don't notice the pancake you know cracking on her face <laughs> i'm barbara bain i love you i really do i'm so sorry that your ex-husband is dead yes that's happened since the last time we recorded that an is right yeah martin lando martin passed away so my my sympathies barbara i i i hope you didn't cry too much and and your face just kind of melted off no i love you barbara i really do Oh, 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 that one was cold, Ben. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but, you know, Bar- Martin Landa had a good run. Yeah. 80-something, so. Uh, yeah. yeah, 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 he had a very good run. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, well, okay, so let me start. Let's talk, let's talk characters then. Okay, let, characters. Let's, let's okay. start with characters. What is, I, I, I think it's very important that, we noted in this episode that they had to kill off the science officer so that Maya would have a place. But was he a science officer? <laughs> he he was. Picard, Lou Picard, was the science officer. Oh, Lou Picard was the science officer. Oh. Mr. I warn you, Commander, anything you shoot towards this projection will be turned back upon you. I think I can get a laser through it. Zap! Oh. I'm dead now. <laughs> that guy was the science officer. Okay. So, um, actually, I, I do want to mention one thing about the the plot. The, there was there was the line at the end. Not the line about we're all aliens until we get to know each other. There was the line that says, with your science so advanced from, from ours, there's a place for you on Alpha. What if, what if their science hadn't been more advanced? Well, there's a place for you. It's the janitorial staff. We've you got can, an airlock we, we, for we you. We need someone what? to clean the loo. Like, seriously, that line is so badly ill-conceived. You know, he could have said, with your science being so much more advanced as we we really need you, or something that would imply that we weren't just doing you a favor. <laughs> anyway, so we get rid of Picard, and we get, now we can have Maya brought into the position. And it just feels like there's something else missing in this equation. And I just... I can't quite put my finger on it. Um, any ideas? Uh, we'll see. What, when, see I, oh, Victor! Oh, yes! Yes! Victor! I wonder where and Victor see, now, was And here's the weird thing. All episode. this time, I... Well, okay, so I thought Victor was supposed to be the science officer, but he was more of the philosopher. Yeah, I, well, he didn't even have a sleeve color, so I think he was just a a guy hanging out on Moonbase when it got blown out into space. But oh, he was, he was oh he, like he a was consultant a consultant or something. Yeah. Oh, an, oh, a consultant is that what is that the uh, the the, the uh, 
correct term for loiterer? <laughs> yes. I mean, if he's yes. got no official job on there, didn't we see that? Didn't we see that in the 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 original um, uh, writer's guide that he had been uh, he had designed many of the systems on the moon base, and he had been a mentor to many of the people, and that he was on the base doing a tour or something when this happened hmm. and he'd gotten caught up in it and he just, it wasn't, he wasn't like officially part of the chain of command. It just happened to be, he was good friends with John. So yeah. he kept him around and didn't, it's not a like Commissioner like Simmons. <laughs> Commissioner Simmons, with oh. your science being so bad, yeah. there is no place for you on alpha, but yeah. Therefore, yeah, therefore you're consigned to death. Um, yes, Victor, gone. Just gone. No mention of him. Maybe he's just not in this episode, but he's not in the opening credits anymore. Yeah, I think it's a safe bet he's gone. Hmm. And, and uh, then all of a sudden, um, hey, where did this new position of first officer come from? I mean, and where's Paul? I think, actually, Tony is security officer. Oh, is Tony security Tony's he, a head of security, yes. He, but he's also second in command. I, he really comes off... Yeah, he really comes off as second in command to me, as far as I can tell. Well, the way they play it, but I think they I think they call it later in the series. I think they call him... He's security officer. Tony oh, I, I... Okay, I'll take your word for it. I mean, I don't remember that ever it's happening. It's hard to tell, because he's got a jacket on over his sleeve. Yeah, that's the other thing. Uh, they're all wearing sweat jackets. I have to say, I love those. I do, too, to be honest. Actually, that's the one thing I really do like. I, I love the, those jackets that, like, Alan Carter is wearing. Mm-hmm. I mean, Koenig's got one, too, but I like the yeah, orange. Yeah, Koenig's one. is a little weird, though. His has got tails. Did you notice okay. that? I, I noticed in this episode he was wearing that sort of sweater vest cape thing over yeah, his Yeah, that was the first time I noticed that. I don't that. think we ever see that again. I hope not, because that was hideous. I think I think after this he goes to the black jacket like Tony was wearing. Oh, and that's, please, yeah, because what he was wearing in this one was absolutely ghastly. It was strange. It was very strange. Um, I mean, I don't care if it's differentiating you, you know, with, with everybody else, the rest of the, the peons of, of Moonbase say, look at me. I'm commander. My tails flow. You know, it's like, no, I, I, please. No, get rid of that thing. Burn it. Yeah. Um, let's see. What else have we got that's different with personnel? Oh, well, personnel? We, well, Paul's gone. Paul's gone. And Zandra um, is not the least bit affected by it. Doesn't seem to be. Kano is uh, not in evidence. Oh, thank God, because if I hear one more time, computer says no, or something like that, computer doesn't know, you know, oh, bite me. Now, now Maya can do that. And yeah, Maya um, can do all of that, but if she starts referring to, if she starts calling it computer instead of the computer, I'm afraid I will have to just... Computer. <sighs> Commander, computer, <laughs> says it's impossible. Hmm. Yeah, all right, we can, it's, we're fine. We're fine computer says no. This is not possible. No. Um, we've got, um, I think that's, I, I mean, I think we did see Bob Mathias, didn't we? Yes, we did. Okay, so Very Dr. briefly, we do, uh, oh, actually, um, oh, God, did we? You know, to be honest, I don't think we did. A, but the only reason, I, a, I, but the only reason I, had I a note that he was there, but I didn't see him the second well, time. But him. I know he's there because I actually watched, uh, the next episode, at least in the in the the Hulu mm. lineup, where so and he was in that one, so I know that Matthias is still around. 
Well, good. They needed a medical officer who's not lethal to the crew. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'd hate to think. Oh, and, and Dr. Russell has an alpha log recorder now instead yeah. of the typewriter. Now, here's my question. Is that the alpha log recorder or is that the log recorder for alpha? I mean, Ooh. if they had a moon base beta, would it have a beta log recorder or would it just have another alpha log recorder because that's the alpha company or something? Mm-hmm. Ah, you got me. I know. These are the deep questions that yeah, we, I, we I really want to know. know. I honestly don't know. This is, in a way, this is a serious come down after the last uh the last episode of series one, which, whereas it wasn't fantastic, it was a lot to, it was a lot to digest. But on this one, <laughs> we're, we're going to nitpick on the, the names of the, uh, 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 equipment in the, in the, uh, main mission. Oh, wait, no, no. It's not main mission anymore. It's command center. It's command center. In fact, what happened to main mission? That beautiful, Beautiful set. Let's okay. So now you're talking. Now you're getting to an area that I really started to see a lot of, and that is, and I'm wondering here. I mean, the the overall quality of this episode, both visually. Now I don't know about because now you watched it off. How did you see it? Hulu. Hulu. Okay. I don't know if you noticed it too, but everything about this one felt cheap. The quality wasn't there. It didn't look as polished. The, the uh, video cinematographers quali- are not as good, the, or the, the cinematographer the, was not good. The the video quality did not look very good. The uh, sound quality was definitely a step down, and the set design looked really kind of done on the cheap. And I'm wondering if maybe when it came time for you know negotiations, you know, do we do another year? Is there a possibility that maybe whoever was controlling the purse strings were saying, okay, guys, you know, it, it didn't do as well as we would have liked. Um, we'll, oh, absolutely. We'll, we'll give you a second chance, but you really need to, like, you know, pull back on your production values because it certainly oh, well, shows. That is absolutely true. They The show was not the smash success that they hoped it would be, um, and although we won't go into it, uh, you know, Fred Freiberger was brought in to produce it to bring it up to American sensibility standards. Ooh. And uh, which could explain the linear non-existent plot. I don't know. And more explosions. And also, you know, I don't think it had nearly the budget that it did. It didn't look at the... It didn't look at... And, I, you know, I don't mind Command Center because they just repurposed the old equipment. It's yeah. a smaller set, and it's but it's the same stuff without the funky lights, right? I mean, for the, the most part, yeah. I mean, but I like the look of main uh, main mission. It still feels like Alpha. It does, I know, but I love just the way that uh, that original the first season yeah. set was designed. I mean, there was just something that was so uniquely functional about it. Uh, well, maybe not, maybe not functional, but just aesthetically pleasing. Aesthetically pleasing, yeah. I think it's... I think what we have here could be argued as being more functional. Because it feels every, like it's in a bunker. It does, but they're all facing the same direction. Uh, the, the equipment seems to be more streamlined, I guess, per station. So perhaps it makes more sense to 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 have it like that. Okay, I'll I'll give you that one. But it just it's just not as pretty. No, no, it, it's definitely not as pretty. There, there's no doubt about that. And it's it is um, 
alpha style, but different, but different room. Um, on the other hand, you know, the, the Eagles, the, um, Eagle with boosters. So that's new footage because we didn't have boosters before. That's true. Um, that was up to the same, same standard, but the, the volcanoes, the, the, the planet Sycon was dreadful. Oh yeah. That looked like somebody Shoot. took 12 kids' science fair science projects project. exactly. and put them all down on plywood and said, well, no one's going to notice. Let's put a little fireworks and baking soda. It was, it was, I thought it looked terrible. And when it came to all new sets, Psyche looked all right. Psyche Room looked mostly okay. But that cell that Koenig was in, I don't know if you noticed, at one point they get very close to very close up to him, and they're and he's. It's after he's seen the lion, and he's kind of like up in the corner. You can see that they actually have plain old ordinary wood moldings. Yeah, uh, you know, in that orange, and they've all been painted orange mm-hmm. and up in the corner. And yet they've done the Ken Adams circular roof hole. So that was. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Ken Adams. If I got that name wrong, I apologize. Ken Adams was set designer for James Bond films there at Pinewood Studios for many, many, many years. Mm-hmm. And you can spot his work a mile away. Look at um, Dr. No. There's a room with a circular roof with a grating over it. Right. You only live twice. Moonraker. He loves those. He loved those uh roof effects and here it is i'm thinking they're repurposing one maybe the one from dr no or something and that was the only piece of stylistic work that i could see in the entire episode was the shadows coming down from that grate against the wall everything else was shot flat and dull Mm -hmm. throughout the episode um which is also it you know it detracts from the show. Yeah, it, it does detract from the show. I I I really appreciated the uniqueness of the look of Space 1999 uh, in the first series. Yes, that and that's what I uh, that's something that I feel is kind of missing a little bit. It um, is in this it fe- it, uh, at least in this episode, everything felt a little generic and on the cheap, and that's really a far cry from. That initial impression I had when I rewatched Breakaway when we first started reviewing uh, Space 1999, and I remember looking at that set and just look, looking at the entire set, uh, all the different uh, set set pieces for Alpha, thinking that was just one of the slickest looking productions uh, to come around, especially in that time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just beautiful looking, and all of a sudden to kind of go from that to this, well, uh, it, it, it two really... stories with stairs and and multi layers, and and yeah, the, the the main mission was fan. And I tell you, um, medical center, we didn't see much of it in this episode. No, not much. But it doesn't promise to be very. It looks small, at <clears> least <throat> I mean, based on uh, Helena's. Whatever Remember room the old she was ones in, had isolation rooms. Oh, there was and a ton there. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, considering the how many times that you know moon base has been blown up, or at least parts of it have been blown up, I'm surprised they've got anything left. 
Luckily, they're able to find occasionally some titanium. Yeah, just tiny bits, too, is all they need. Just itty, itty bitty bit for the life support system. That's all we need. Um, <laughs> opening credits. Ick. It, it just feels way too uh, 70s action-y. I mean, to the, from the music to, you know, the first thing you see is, you know, is, is Landau spinning around in his chair and firing off a laser shot. I mean, all of it just had this this big action-y kind of very 70s ABC television kind of thing going. And it again, it just felt kind of cliche. It didn't have the massive, the, the, the really big epic scope that we had with Space 99. And, and even here, I mean, even, even the music, and I, I'm not talking about um, the music that was composed, but the music that but what was played was not symphonic. Or light symphonic. It was now they brought in Derek Wadsworth to do uh, the music for a lot of series two and the opening credits, and it's a very different feel. Yeah, it 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 felt. I mean, like very electronic with some some strings kind of going over the top of it, but it didn't have the big sweeping orchestra feel that we got with. The because what we had at the beginning was uh, a big orchestra sound with a guitar with a wah wah pedal, which was kind of mm-hmm. far out, you know. And now they've done the absolute reverse to that. Now we've got the band with a little bit of orchestra to accentuate. Do you think they have a band? I just assumed that they had one guy with a keyboard because pro- that's as cheap as it gets. Well, it could be, but keyboard keyboard technology at that time was a little rough. He, so he must have had at least three. All right. All right. But one guy with three keyboards, okay, yeah, I could see him pulling that off. Well, okay. So I don't know, maybe I'll maybe I'll risk the I'll risk the public domain copyright fight for the pur- for the purposes of genuine review. So I'm a, who am I kidding? This is actually legitimate. I I have um a series 2 Space 1999 soundtrack that mm-hmm. was released by Derek Wadsworth as a promotional uh disc to show off his work. So it's not really a official space 1999 release and it has four four i think variants of the opening credits that he did he he did four versions of that same tune Hmm. and if you think this one sounds like a 70s cop drama there is one version that the instrumentation is just absolutely uh it's the same song, but that's about it. And mm-hmm. you're just like, wow, okay. I'm glad they didn't pick that one. Really? It's, I, I yeah. haven't heard that, I have to admit. It's it's unique. <laughs> it's unique, but I'll, I'll play a piece of it in at the end uh, for our listeners to hear, just, just to get a, a an idea of what it sounded like and, and what they were thinking. Because... You've hit upon it. We're not going to talk about Fred Freiberg, but yes, he's been told to make this, bring this up to American sensibilities to get this sold and going in space 1999. And it did not go over well with Martin Landau, who was not enamored of a lot of the changes. Really? But Mm. we know that the, the things that they've been told to do are to make sure everything's spelled in proper American English on the signs. Oh, not British English, huh? I wish I was kidding. Um, oh, how sad. More action, more romance. Um, less, less, huh. Uh, what was that all about? Uh, less head scratching, huh? 
Yeah, less head scratching. Um, uh, so we'll we'll see how successful that is. But it's clearly reflected in the opening credits with Koenig spinning around and firing the laser and, and Dr. Russell moving, walking very rapidly and determinedly through hallways. With a blank look on her face because that's the only expression she could muster. I was going to say. I'm sorry, what Barbara. What expression did you expect? I'm sorry, Barbara. I really do that love was his, you. That was her concerned blank look. That's okay. urgent blank concern. Urg- yeah, uh, as opposed to I'm terrified blank look or I'm in pain blank look. Or the I can't believe John's betraying me blank, blank look. look. Yeah. <laughs> he must be mind controlled blank look. The my patient just died blank look. And the ever popular gosh. I'm feeling romantic, blank look. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. All right. Um, <laughs> but I actually like the new music. I don't. I was really, it, 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 it underwhelmed me. You know, I like the old music better. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I, okay, maybe that's, maybe I'm just, okay, I'm playing, playing a game of comparisons here. I mean, I don't, I don't hate the bad music. Don't hate the bad music. <laughs> right. I don't. I just ha- dislike the bad music. I, no, I, no. I don't hate the the new music. It just it does not um, generate any emotional resonance within me. I mean, when I watch season one, and I'm talking you know, not just the incidental music throughout the episode, but especially the opening and closing credits. I mean, it really generates a lot of emotion. It creates a feeling, uh, oh. and I don't get that. I just get this, oh, it's another adventure of the week kind of feel. Okay, now I'm, I'm going to say there is one thing. There's a couple things. There's no pre-credit sequence no. like there used to be. No. <clears throat> now, I remember when Space 1999 returned in, what, 1976 for Series 2, late 76. So I'd have been about almost 12, which in most places means 11. And... Uh, mm. I remember when it came back, and I remember, you know, how the new season of TV used to be an exciting event. Oh, yeah. I, I, I do. And I remember sitting down there and the TV on early and watching the thing, and then those opening credits, the, the, dun, 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 and the, the, the text fighting on the screen. And my first reaction was, but it, uh, but by the time, 11 years old. By the time Koenig was firing that laser, I thought, this is cool. This is different. I was actually pumped. I can remember that very clearly. I was pumped and I was jazzed. It was like, what is going on here? This. Wow. Okay. And and you have to admit, the old music was, I think it was that contemplative section in the middle, you know, where they... Mm-hmm. they Start off with the the big kind of accidenty moon explosions thing, and then and then they cut down for the credits where Victor's there, da, 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 and you you kind of there's this kind of it pulls the adventure out for a second, and is like we're going to be thinking about things, and then it goes back into this episode, and I and I love those, I love those credits in UFO with the fast cuts between oh, yeah. the clips and things and all, but. Yeah, there was something about this that was just, and obviously it's much cheaper not to have to put clips. From the episode in each opening credit, because you don't have to pay an editor to do that if you have it can't. So there's another true. cheapy. Yeah, yeah, and and you're right. I, I, I it, that is true. I remember when I saw it for the first time as a teenager. Uh, I I remember thinking, ooh, this is different. 
Ooh, high Different energy. Fresh. Yeah, it, it, it energy. Was, it, yeah, energy. You know, and of course, my sensibilities at the time were uh, a lot different than they are now. Uh, but as you, as I as I've gotten older, uh, my you know the things that uh, really speak to me have obviously have changed as they have with you. So mm-hmm. what was fresh and exciting at the time now feels just kind of stale. Yes, it unfortunately. Does. I mean, it was great at the time, as, and facile. Yeah, yeah. It's like okay, this is this is sort of very much by the numbers. Yeah, exactly, and that's what just uh, it really uh, screamed like that when I watched it. I thought, wow, everything about this just feels really almost formulaic. It, it, there's nothing here to make it stand out, and it just kind of lost my mind. I, I can still hear the theme in my head. I mean, it's, it's kind of like a really bad earworm, mm-hmm. uh, but it's, mm-hmm. but you know, and I'm, and I emphasize bad earworm. I mean, it's not, it, it just, it, it just doesn't really sing with me like it did with season one, you know, this, and that's just another, and sadly, that is the first thing we get that opening credits. And that initially sets the tone for what really was just cheapened production Values and storytelling. But, and I agree, but the next shot, we are, you know, we've, we're, we're switching between Command Center and we're switching between the Eagle, both of which have more color. There the is, a, is yes. The Eagle. yes, there is a lot more color in this show. And I do remember thinking when I saw it back as a teenager, I like the fact that it's more color. Yep. I do admit, I, at the time, the very uh, almost all white uh, set design felt had a certain sterility to it, which I did not care for. Then I was more about the color. Now I've I've completely done a turnaround on that, and I actually find that I like the more austere ster- uh, sterility kind of vibe to it. I like that a heck of a lot better. I like the new uniforms better. Well, the new uniforms I love, except for maybe the turtlenecks, but. But I, I weren't quite as high up. I, I like I, I like the new um, the, the new sweat jackets, and and I do know we did see them used in the first season. But I know we're going to see them a heck of a lot more, and that's the 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 heavy jacket. Right, they use the heavy jackets a lot more in the. They'll use them a lot more in this upcoming season. But the the sweat jackets, I I really like that. You know, with the patches and everything, it's like oh, I want one. Well, the heavy jackets they put on the uh, most of the time. Well, I don't remember now. I'm thinking that's when they're flying the eagles. They've they put those on a lot of the time, um, and then they've got the the sweatsuit jackets, and uh, of course the uniforms themselves have been embellished. They've got they've got little stripes running down them, which you don't see very often. Right, it's like three or four pinstripes on one side. I think on the left uh, chest, running from top to bottom, and uh, of course they've got the bigger collars. And but we almost never see people wearing those. They've always almost frequently got um, jackets on over them, which I guess is because, you know, instead of that scene where Paul had to turn the energy down, maybe they just turned the energy down all the time and they switched out to colder weather uniforms, Mm. which kind of kind of makes sense. But again, opening credits, next shot, Eagle looks better. I think the eagle looks better. The eagle does look better. Yes, it does. And 
you main mission, you're looking through the people, and the uniforms are looking better, and it does make it more colorful, although Command Center is darker. Yes. Because it's got a lot more black panels. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, which, but what that does is that also makes any color that is there pop. Yes. Yes, it does. And, and, and that I thought was great, too. I mean, I'm looking at that. Again, you're not at the stage of going, well, I don't see they're doing some really neat stuff with shadows here. But, you know, taking it all in on that first viewing, first time I saw it, I'm like, this is cool. I really, really liked it. And, you know, subsequently, yes, I, I see it as they had to move us to a smaller studio. They couldn't afford to have that massive, massive set um, and you know, you fan it, you fan cannon it, head cannon, I guess that's the term for it and go, well, you know, that was kind of a stupid place to have a command center when you're flying through deep space. Cause they've got all those windows and everything breaks and stuff. It, they probably should move somewhere safer. But yeah. Yeah. I, I can see that. I agree. It would have been worse if they'd call that main mission. Yes. But they don't. They call it Command Center, so it's obviously a different room. Well, it feels like that this was a reboot. Well, yeah, if you go back to 342. Yeah. Well, but they, they forgot everything from the last season anyway, except the fact that they've been launched through space by Space God to uh, space God the com- planet Arcadia. Yeah, unless Space God completely wiped out their memories and God knows I, did what else. I, I mean, kept, I, so, I, it's funny, I, I just listened to the testament of arcadia podcast the other day and and i remember the whole time i kept saying was like koenig's writing a gospel and at no point and completely without irony at no point did i ever notice that the title of the episode was testament (laughs) 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 oh he was writing a testament the testament of arcadia oh (laughs) i felt stupid listening to that episode on the in the car yeah, the other day I'm like, I cannot believe I didn't put two and two together on that one. Um, anyway, um, so yes, uh, new base. Let's see what else do I have here. Um, I I mean I really don't have a heck of a lot else. Uh, it, it was really more of just the visual aesthetics of the episode that I thought felt very weak. Uh, the storytelling. Not so good. Uh, like I said, sound was sound wasn't very good either. It felt it, I, I didn't hear a lot of really good high quality audio. So, um, well, okay, they did Blu-ray remaster series one, right? To my knowledge, they have not Blu-ray remastered series two. Because if you polish a turd, it's still a turd. Well, I don't know if that's the reasoning behind it. I think the reasoning was they just didn't make enough. This is one of those things I really hate about particularly ITV, not ITV, um, uh, who are the people who put out all those? Well, A&E Video here, right. but uh, Studio Canal um, were the people who mastered them in Europe. They would do a lot of shows where they would put out the first box set to judge how people would like it mm-hmm. and then not bother with the others if they didn't sell enough. So, like, I have, uh, you know, the first, first set of Randall and Hopkirk deceased, but... They never came out with the others, mm. and I think that's what they did here. They they put out the Space 1999 Blu-rays for Series 1, and uh, and they just didn't bother, mm. as far as I know. They might have they might have issued a Blu-ray for Europe, but they didn't remaster them. Um, so, oh, which looks awful whenever that happens. Yeah. yeah so, all you're doing is you're just showing all the glaring errors in 1080. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... 
Although, uh, how, do you, how do you remaster Barbara Bain's face? I'm sorry, I did it again. Damn it! You did. You did your God. That's that's my third tonight. or fourth time I've done that. Wow. I'm I'm just I'm just feeling really mean, and I don't mean to because I really I do love Barbara Bain. I really do. With all those all those stretched warts and all. I was gonna say that that stretched face. That if she just if she crosses her legs, her mouth will snap open. Uh, there is probably some horrific statement to be made there but i'm not gonna make. i i am gonna bring up I, I i i did allude to my thoughts on it earlier so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go too far but i'm just curious what did you think of the guards uniforms on psychon uh, well they felt terribly cheap uh i mean i saw so many different things in there i mean it's like part of me thought oh well that looks like sporting gear uh looks a little bit like a really badly done ice warrior uh, I mean, th- th- it's just cheap. Who, who would design? Who would design a guard's uniform that can has their stomach from their loincloth to their chest exposed? Yeah. It's like, it looks like they're wearing a diaper that's held up by suspenders. I'm sure if we dig far enough, we could find other really trashy science fiction where the same thing was done. I'm. I- I'm wondering if we could find those same uniforms reused in some other, some other show. I'm sure okay. we could, you know. And I and I just realized I finally figured out how it is they got Barbara Bain to make that expression when she's in the brain sucking chair. Someone just pulled on her legs. Too bane much. Wrangler. Too much. They have a bane wrangler. A bane wrangler. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> um. So one last thing, Maya. Right. The character of Maya, Catherine Shell. We mentioned. We mentioned her, but <clears throat> trying to to do what you can without being spoilery, knowing what we know. But I think they've laid the foundation here for her character to be a lot more playful. Well, especially in the second episode I saw last night. Yes. Well, and you know she's she's joking around with her dad early on. She's she's happy. She's I mean, apart from the tragedy in the episode, but but she's very smiley. She's very curious. She, like I said, she's she plays around with her molecular transformation just to have effect. Right. I I think they're going here to get not just to have an alien because you know obviously Spock. Um, every science fiction show needs an alien science officer, um, but also that to inject a little bit of not quite so grim because let's face it series one of space 1999 their emotions are all pretty grim right i mean there's there's not a lot of levity in no, that show no there wasn't um any, and in fact uh, the one or few the one or two times we actually saw any felt bizarrely out of place yeah and so I think they're setting up that dynamic. So, yeah, maybe some. The, maybe the that was the other thing. Spock dynamic, well, right? He, She's not the unemotional. I mean, Koenig is the unemotional one, right? And you know, Paul's gone, but the other, <laughs> you know, they're all very grim and and straight. Um, and yeah. even Tony, right. our new character, out of the blue. Well, maybe um, that was the thing. Maybe someone who whoever said, you know, you got. I mean, you need to address the set's too expensive. We need to cut back on the set design. Okay, we need to trim down, you know, lighting, way too much lighting. We need to dim things down a little bit, you know, put a fresh coat of paint on it, blah, blah, blah. And then finally someone said, it's too dour. We need humor. Yeah. We, we need something. We need, we need 
to lighten this thing up a little bit. It's too dour. Your stories are just way too abstract, and we're alienating our. You're alienating your audience. So we, <laughs> yeah, alienated. Yeah, I just yeah, I get it. Uh, so I'm wondering if that was also on the list. And they thought, well, if we're going to bring in an alien, hey, why do we make this the anti-Spock? You know, the the complete opposite. You know, the one that's filled with mirth and humor and fun, in addition to be able to change shape. And uh, there's there's our entertainment. That's going to be the linchpin. I mean, I even remember in uh, issues of TV Guide. I mean, whole whole articles that were highlighting Catherine Shell and the character of Maya. And what she was going to be bringing to Space 1999. I mean, TV Guide? And yeah. they were doing a whole thing on that. I mean, so obviously somebody was pinning a lot of hopes on what she was going to bring to the show. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I hope she smiles. Maya? Yeah. Well, she is She is such a – uh, she, she has such a pretty face she does. when she smiles. She, well, we saw lots of smiles in the you – know, when she – before she felt betrayed by her father. Right. We got a little bit of tears at the end, so we'll have, just have to wait and see. Um, I don't know what the next 99 episode is uh, on the list. The Exiles. Okay, I've seen it. <laughs> That's the one I watched. <laughs> well, in any case, I have seen The Exiles. I watched it last night. And uh, yeah, the, we're, we're going to see some mirth come out of Maya, which will be nice. Oh. All right. That's good. And we can see if not talking about Fred Freiberger, the killer of sci-fi series. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. And is that a true statement? Hmm. All right. Well, Ben, thank you for joining me. Oh, pleasure. Listeners, I do hope you'll join us all again next time on Fusion Patrol. Cheers. And we're playing you out here with... Derek Wadsworth's alternate theme number three for Space 1999 Year 2. Dig those 70s sounds. Fusion Patrol is a Lone Locust production. If you like us, please consider becoming our sponsor at patreon.com slash fusion patrol or leave us a review on iTunes. 